Hey there, and welcome to the Street Talk Business Podcast, your place for small and medium business talk. Here, we're all about small businesses. Major corporations and organizations usually have the capital and resources to figure their own stuff out, but it's us smaller business owners out here grinding and hustling every day that often fall by the wayside with nowhere to turn. Not anymore. Hello again, business world. I'm Noah Porter, as always, and I'm here with Kendall McCarty. Hello, everyone. And Sydney Panzer. Hello. And today we have an interesting podcast for you. It's going to be a little bit shorter than our normal podcast. We'll spare you. You don't have to listen to us for such a long amount of time. <clears throat> but we do have some really good points that I think y'all are going to really like. So let's get it started. <sighs> All right. So today's first topic, I want to talk about something that uh, might shake up your mind a little bit. It uh, goes against everything you're told when you go to work. Um, but we're going to talk about how the customer is not always right. And that's, uh, that's a pretty shocking thing to hear. Pretty controversial. Yeah, <laughs> uh, I know that uh, with my experience in working with sales and customer service, obviously the customer is always right. And that's what we're told. And in a sense, like if you want to make uh, money as a salesperson, yeah, usually you have to make the customer always right. But uh, when you're a business owner, when you're out there um, as the head of your organization or your company, uh, sometimes you can't afford for the client to be right, right? I mean, like there's there are issues and there are certain clients that you just can't work with. And uh, so we're going to discuss a little bit about that today. Uh, and the big question about this is at what point should you part ways with a client or a potential client? I think it's really important um, that you lay guidelines from the beginning about what you expect, um, what they expect from you and what you expect from them as a client. And make sure it's defined from the beginning so that you don't have those questions as much going forward. Um, but it's important to establish that early. Well, and that's something that I was going to get to a little bit later, but we'll just jump to it now. How do you set those boundaries? And like, what do those look like from the start? I think it's better to have it in writing. Um, it makes sure it takes some time to actually learn what your boundaries need to be um, as a growing business. But I think it's important to actually make sure you lay them out. Make sure you're not losing money on the client because um, we're in a services-based industry and every minute costs us so much money. So I think it's important that you take into account how much you're having to spend on that client for their services or their product or whatever they're getting from you to make sure you're not losing money. I think that first and foremost is most important when you're looking at setting guidelines for your customer. Well, and having it written out is definitely better because then it's a guideline for you as well. I mean, you know exactly how much time you're supposed to spend. It's no surprises at the end. Well, and, and with that being said, you know, every client is different. And some clients may have expectations that you haven't been asked to meet before. Um, and so uh, maybe it's important to really stop whenever you get a request from a client or whenever you are, are in a meeting trying to get a client or whatever, uh, that you say, hey, you know, I, I'm going to talk to my team about this or let me let me take a day to think about this. Um, because a lot of times you need to sit there and understand, like, 
where's my bottom dollar? Where's my bottom line? And and at what kind of time am I willing to put into this? Uh, you have to ask yourself those questions. And that's kind of hard to come up with on the spot because a lot of times, uh, you know, we, we hear um, um, under promise and over deliver. Uh, a lot of times when you're on the spot like that and you have a, a client that's wanting too much, you tend to over promise and then you end up under delivering. Uh, so it's good to take some time right there to to say, hey, let me take let me take a day to think about this so that you can sit down and write it all out. Uh, like you said, write it out for yourself as much as as them. Um, but that but with that being said, what's what's the best way then to keep a client happy, even if you're not like, let's say you already have a client and you need that client. Maybe it's a huge account or maybe it's a it's a good account for your portfolio or something. Um you know, how, how do you manage that either personally or how do you manage the client if you're not happy with them? I think the most important thing is communication. Uh, making sure you have a clear line of communication with that client so that they know what to expect from you and you know what to expect from them and that you're communicating why you're doing something a certain way because they might sit there and say, I don't know why they're taking this long to get this done but you haven't communicated to them what your steps are and what your priorities with them are. Well, and then also being an expert in a certain field, there's just things that your clients just aren't going to know. They aren't going to understand that backside of it. And it may not make a lot of sense to them in the beginning, but it's important. So, yeah. well, and, and to go with all of this and like, at what point should you part way with the client? You should never feel disrespected or run over, right? Because, like, I, I get it. You, if you're selling your product or your service, obviously uh, you're trying to provide something to that, that client. But there needs to be a mutual understanding of respect there because you're just as human as they are, right? And, and they don't own you. You know, you own your business or you are at the top of your business. And like, they need to understand that too, just as much as they may own a business if you're a b2b company or just as much as they need to get whatever they need out of your product or service if you're b2c then um you know they they need to understand that uh you have a business to run and that you're trying to meet certain goals and that you have a reason for dealing with them just as much as they have a reason for dealing with you and sometimes you don't necessarily need to part ways with that client but i think it's important to highlight that like hey listen you know, I'm trying to do my job for you. You know, can you make it a little bit easier on me? And just go back and reassess how you can do it differently so that, that those issues don't come up. All right. So moving on, uh, something that may help your relationship with your clients is if you personally are organized and on time, and I know as business owners, this is very difficult. For those of you who do not know, we hired Sydney specifically to keep us organized and on time. No, yes. I'm just kidding. Um, that's not the only thing we hired her for. Uh, but <laughs> she does a very good job of it. And uh, But it's something that really I think a lot of business owners struggle with. Uh, I know coming from a family with business owners in it, uh, I see it a lot. And um, it, it's one of those things that can can just as much as money make or break your business. Um, and so, uh, what, Kendall, in your opinion, what's one thing that's really helped us stay organized here in our business? 
So we use Google Calendar um, for all of our employees or interns, everyone here, just so we're all on the same page with events coming up. Sydney helps keep us organized on the Google Calendar, make sure everything's on there, including what we're doing for our clients. We have a separate Google Calendar just for that, so we're keeping track of everything day to day, what we have to do. Um, also, there's other communication methods you can use, but that Google Calendar is really crucial to that. And I know that we, um, we created one specifically for every social media post that we need to do every day. Um, and, and you can be very detailed on that, yeah. how much money is being used behind that, attaching the graphic or anything like that that you need to, just so everything's in one place so that you see it and it's a constant reminder of what you're supposed to be doing. Well, and one thing I like about Google calendars is I have four separate calendars that I keep on mine. I have my personal, I have ours, I have our social media calendar and our client calendar. So I have, but I can see them all at once and it just connects right to my phone, which works great. Um, so I'm, my life changed when I got a Google calendar. I'll <laughs> be honest. Us, it keeps us all in sync too. You don't have to worry about a day planner or something like that. Make sure everyone has stuff written down. Everything's in one place as soon as one person puts in. That's great. Yeah, so one thing I like to do is I like to put the actual location because they have a spot for the location. So it's super easy. You can just click on it and it goes right to your Google Maps. And that way you know exactly how far away you are. You have enough time to fit that in. Yeah. Well, and one thing I like about it is that um, you know, you can combine calendars, but yet separate them. So like, um, you know, on, on one calendar, I have all my business stuff that, that I can get reminders for. And so does everyone else in the company, but I can also put mom's birthday and only I can see that, but it's on the same calendar. Um, and then I, I like the fact that I can put on there like, Hey, you know, uh, I have a doctor's appointment on so-and-so day. And so that way everyone knows, like, I'm not going to be in the office that day. I'm not going to schedule something yeah. to be that day. So. Yeah. So it's, it's really helpful that everyone can see that calendar that if you want them to. Um, but you were talking about like a, a, a daily planner or something like that. And Sydney, I know that you really like to use uh, a separate tangible planner. What is the benefit you see in having that in addition to so with that, with me having four separate calendars, I'm also planning a wedding. So there's a lot of stuff that goes into that. So I like having that separation from every day to day type thing. So, I mean, things that are further in the future, I can pull this out and I can look at it. But with that being said, if I lost this, I would die inside. Like <laughs> I would freak out. So having the Google calendar is really, really helpful. So another thing we like to use here at Easy Street is Slack, which is a great communication method and it also helps you with organization. You don't have a million text messages or a million emails out there just floating around. Everything's in certain channels on Slack, so it's in one place and you don't have to go to look for it. If you need to communicate with an employee or an intern, you can just Slack them. You don't have to worry about a text message being lost out there in space. Yeah, and you can like, I, I love Slack personally. I think it's really interesting um, because you can have multiple workspaces on there. And, and like you were saying, I like the different, they call them channels. Um, but you know, it, what I like about it is that some, like you can include certain members. So like if you have partners like we do or, uh, certain employees, you know, you can add everyone into one and it can be a very professional area to discuss things. And then you can have one that's maybe, you know, uh, three. 
<laughs> yeah, us three or just the managers or just the employees, you know, in your company. And it can be a lot more relaxed, a little, a little more informal. And um, I think Slack is interesting because uh, for, for those of you who don't know, I love communication. I love everything about communication. I think this is interesting because of the way that our generation communicates now is very much digital. Yet this allows you to still have a solid interaction and communication style even though it's digital and remote and not face-to-face, it still very much uh, can foster good communication within a company. And like you said, remote, a lot of times um, some of our team doesn't work in the office every day. And Slack allows us to be able to have that workspace electronically so that everyone doesn't have to be in the office every day. So that's really helpful to us. Now, one thing you have to monitor if, if you are, you know, in charge of the, the communication, if you do create the Slack account, um, you know, people do have the option to turn off and on the notifications and go into do not disturb mode. Um, and I'm sure Sydney puts us into do not disturb mode about 10 times a day. Um, of but if you're the admin <laughs> like me, I can push for a notification even if there are and do not disturb Right, mode. right. So that's, that's the thing, like, uh, you know, don't ever let your employees use that as an excuse for not getting work done. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Um, Another thing that's interesting, you know, we're talking about um, Slack and we've talked about the Google Calendar. So like time management is obviously a huge thing. And um, I know one thing that can soak up a lot of our time is meetings, whether it's meeting with a client, whether it's staff meeting, creative meeting, whatever it may be. We have a lot of meetings Mm -hmm. and um, Slack can help negate some of the material in a, that you would normally bring up in a meeting because you can discuss it quickly. It may be a little, like I said, more informal and you can just send it out as a memo. But, um, you know, something that Gary V likes to talk about is, is not making meetings last out of tradition, so to speak. Um, and that's something that I really like. Like, I can say a lot in five minutes. And I can get my point across in five minutes. So how do you think you can shorten your meetings? How do you think you can have more effective meetings, whether it be with your staff or with your clients, in order to give yourself more time in the day? I think when you started making an agenda for our creative meetings, it helped us be a lot more structured instead of jumping around, focusing on each individual client at a certain time makes it a lot easier uh, time-wise, but also, organizational-wise. And so you get everything out of the way right then for that one project and then you move on to the next. And you don't just, like I said, jump around like crazy. Having a set agenda and making sure you go through and you stick to it, even if something comes up, trying to stick to that agenda and not be off topic. Well, and I know something we discussed recently is like you can task your employees with something. Like let's say you're in a staff meeting or a creative meeting. You can say, hey, we need to do this. We need ideas for this. We need this, that, and the other, A, B, and C. Um, and traditionally, you probably are going to sit there in the meeting and you're going to sit there in silence while people think of things or research things and you come up with it and you write it down and you discuss it. And next thing you know, you've got a four-hour meeting going on. Um, something like Slack or Google Calendars 
that really helps meetings, uh, the, the expedition of, of meetings, because like you can say, hey, I need y'all to think about three things we can do for this client next week. And then they can go home and slack you those ideas. And not only do you have, you don't have, you don't just have three ideas now. You have, you know, four or five ideas from four or five different employees that you can pick and choose from. And I know that's something we strive to do is to make our meetings more about we need this, 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 and this for all these different clients or whether it's ourselves and actually not waiting to think about it right then, just more of signing those requests during the meeting and noting that we need to think about it and come back to us with it. And Sydney, I'm going to say this in kind of a weird way, but you've been um, involved in meetings and you've been a part of meetings. Mm -hmm. um, so some you've contributed more to and some you've been more just in the background. What, from the aspect of like, uh, quote unquote, employee, um, what are some things that you hate about like traditional meetings? Oh, I hate meetings that I came all the way here and you could have just sent me an email. Or like, <laughs> yeah. I mean, if it's basic information that can be conveyed that you don't have to elaborate on, I mean, I really feel like why spend the time on that when you can just email it to me? So that really frustrates me. But we don't really do that here, which is good because whenever we do meet, we always have a very good agenda about what we actually need to talk about and it's important. Well, and that's why it's important to stay with the times like technologically if you own a company because if you're hiring anyone under the age of 35, that's very much the mentality. And I, I get it. Like if you traditionally are used to having to tell people stuff in person every time, um, yeah, you, you're probably going to have a lot of pointless information in a meeting because people like us are so used to getting information like that from news sources online or social media or whatever. And so we want quicker, uh, less meaningful information right there at our fingertips rather quickly. And um, that's something you have to keep in mind. And that's why it's important to have things like Slack and Google calendars and stuff like that, where we can just send out memos and and little bits of information and, and not have to create a whole meeting around it. Yeah, and I think that's the good thing about how we schedule team meetings here at ESMCO is we have one standing meeting a week where we want our entire team in the room for that meeting. So everyone's on the same page. So you don't have to bunch of little meetings to discuss every individual topic. We have that standing meeting once a week, same time. And I think that's a great tool for other businesses to have. If you're going to have to have a staff meeting or create a meeting like we have, make sure it's standing and make sure it's set at one time so everyone knows when to be there and just get everything out then. And they know what to expect. It's not like it's going to be something different or crazy or, you know, it's always we're talking about our clients and what we need to do for that week. Exactly. And I know like something that, our company encourages um, something that we do. I know you do it, Sydney. Uh, and I've heard of a lot of other companies starting to do this is working remotely. Um, but what is something, all right, so for a small business owner out there, um, how can companies integrate remote working more efficiently in their businesses? Like what's one thing they need to know or that they can tell their employees so that they can have a more efficient remote working atmosphere. That Google Suites thing is fantastic. Like Google Drive, being able to, you edit something and in two seconds I can see it on my 
computer. It makes it so much easier so that we can all contribute to something so that it's not just you and then you have to email it to me and I have to email it to other people. It's so much easier. Yeah. And we again use Slack to communicate with what we're doing so that we're able to work remotely. Um, whether they someone wants to sit at a coffee shop or they want to be here in the office but are working on two different things, you can just slide back and forth or working from home. It's a great tool to allow some flexibility, also creativity. Sitting in an office um, at a desk does not foster um, creativity very well, in my opinion. So I think it's really good to be able to work in a more comfortable environment. Well, and, and let's say I'm a business owner, uh, business owner, and maybe I'm a little bit older, or maybe I'm just old fashioned. And, um, you know, I've ran my business for the same way for 20 years, but I realized that like my employees are the ones I'm hiring are younger and younger. And, um, you know, I'm starting to see these businesses doing different things and, and I know I need to change. I feel like letting go of the control of your employees in that sense is a little scary. Um, so what's something that me as, as a business owner in that situation, what's something I need to know or what's something I can do to kind of help ease that mindset? It's really important to have the trust of your employee or for you to trust them so that you're able to do that. But then again, there's also applications and programs where you can use to have them track their hours on certain projects so that you're able to maintain a better idea of what they're spending their time on. And you still have to have a level of trust with that, but that gives you a little more organization and a way to keep up with it a little better. Well, and something that I think a lot of business owners, kind of the disconnect there is um, they feel like, oh, well, if I'm going to let you work somewhere else, if, I, if I'm not going to stand over you and monitor you, all of a sudden uh, you feel like you're, you're losing all control. And I, I'm going to be scared that you're not going to get something in on time or you're going to uh, start drifting outside of the deadlines. And that's not always the case, right? I mean, we set deadlines. Like, I don't care when you do it as long as it's done by this time, right? And so, like, it's really important to understand that you're still in control. You know, you, you, you still main control. You still, um, still are able to create guidelines and deadlines and parameters in which they operate. They can just do it in a different location. All right, so we've talked about clients and how to manage them if you don't think they're a good fit for you or when they're when you don't think they're right we've talked about organization and time management um so now we're going to leave y'all with our thoughts of the day as always uh so we'll start with kendall what you got for us today so my thought of the day has to do with listening to more podcasts <laughs> like we're doing right now listening to ours educate yourself podcasts can be great tools that you can listen to on the go to educate yourself and further your education in your industry there's a podcast about everything if you're in a business you'll have find one relating to you and i think it's really important to use that tool to educate yourself especially when you're busy as a business owner as while you're on the go all right cool uh and yeah just as long as you're always listening to street talk right of course yeah <laughs> sydney what you got for us today um so one thing i do is i do yoga um i try to do it every day sometimes it doesn't happen um one thing that you do going into yoga is setting your intention for the your practice. Like, what are you trying to achieve that that time you're doing yoga? But I think that translates really well into business. Is setting your goals and what you want from what you're doing. And 
I mean, I, I meditate every day. I always do that. But meditating is a way to sit back and think about it and have a clear space and a clear mind about what you're doing for that day and that week. Yeah, I did yoga for a little while and I loved it and I need to get back into it. Uh, my thought of the day uh, kind of goes with, with Kindle's uh, read more. And I know you might hear that from different business people or whatever, but seriously, like... Um, I hate reading personally, but I've started reading books that I thought were interesting. Like I used to think I'd have to read big books like Harry Potter or something. And like I didn't want to do that. But no, like read books that you think are interesting. Read books about your industry. Read books about business. Read books about things you want to learn about. Like you were saying, Kendall, like educate yourself. Um, and I know like you got to set time aside for it. Maybe there's little times in the day you can do it. Um, but in a way, it's like meditation. And uh, it kind of goes along with the uh, organization and time management. Sydney, you just said you don't have time to read. Yeah, but, um, I don't, but I have time to listen to podcasts. There so. you go. So maybe uh, maybe get an Audible subscription. But I've just found a lot of useful information in books lately. And uh, I, I think it's interesting when sometimes people can put into words what maybe you were thinking anyway. And you can see that and it's tangible. It, it really helps. So try reading uh, books more often. Uh, so that's all we have for today. Thank you for tuning in. It's a shorter podcast today. But uh, hit us up on Twitter and Facebook. Uh, you can ask us questions there. We might be doing some polls, but we want to hear from you so that we can make our podcast better. So go hit us up. Thanks for listening to Street Talk Business Podcast. Please take some time to follow us on social media at Street Talk Cast. Street Talk is a production by EP Street Marketing, located in Nathan, South Carolina. Until next time.